0: Also want to welcome those who would be watching this on Livegate Outreach TV or listening to the audio podcast on iTunes or on our Buzzsprout audio portal. The Lord will bless you where you are in the name of Jesus. And so today we are looking at developing help through the spirit of might. Developing help through the spirit of might. We have been looking at Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 and 2. And the Bible says, There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Said, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. We have looked at the Spirit of the Lord, we have looked at the Spirit of wisdom, we have looked at the Spirit of understanding. Last week, we looked at the spirit of counsel, and today, by the grace of God, we are looking at the spirit of might, which is the uh, fifth in the series, as it were. We want to thank God for what he has been showing us so far. I just want to explain a few things about the spirit of might. The spirit of might, as we see in the banner, is, uh, as I said, the fifth one that we're looking at today. We have looked at them in the anti-clockwise manner. We'll be looking at knowledge next week and the fear of God in two weeks' time to just round up this session of this series. But the spirit of might basically is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that comes upon a person and allows that person to overcome incredible odds, overcome spiritual forces, overcome other physical forces, or even thoughts that may be in opposition to the person. What you cannot do in your strength, the spirit of might helps you to accomplish it. We have an entire Bible full of examples of people who did things that was obvious, that were obvious, things that were obvious were beyond human capacity, their own or any human whatsoever. It is impossible for a man to kill 1,000 people at the same time if not by the spirit of might, not using machine guns, of course, just with the jawbone of an ass, for example. It is impossible for a man to take a stone and drive it into the head of another man, a giant for that matter, and that one stone brings down that giant in a few seconds. It is practically impossible. The spirit of might does not only give physical ability, it gives spiritual ability. Because the word might is the same word with power, which we know as the dunamis power, the power of God. There are different kinds of power. There are demonic powers. There are powers of authority, of government. There are powers of government. There are powers of establishments, the powers of the state, and so on. But when we're talking about this might and this power, we're talking about dunamis, the power of God. The power, the dynamic working power of God in an individual to overcome incredible odds. I want you to listen to this message today because it can change your life. I got some of these truths many years ago and it helps me on a daily basis. Every time I understand that I am trying to do something in my physical capacity and I'm struggling, I rely on this manifestation of the Holy Spirit and it comes through for me every time. And I pray that the Lord will expose to you the things that he desires you to embrace of this manifestation of the Holy Spirit today in the name of Jesus. So by the spirit of might, we are able to possess our possessions. Most provisions in life come from with, with a, a place, comes to us at a place of contention. Most things that God has given to us, you will need to contend That's why God gave us examples in the Bible. He says, for example, he said, I've given you Sihon, the Amorite. He said in Deuteronomy 32, he said, but you need to begin to possess. I've given you Sihon, the Amorite, and his lands, but you need to begin to contend within him, battle, and possess it. The Philistine was in between the land that God was giving the children of Israel, and he was a threat to the entire uh, plan of God until one man with the spirit of might could confront him and bring him down. Between you and a degree are a series of exams that you have to conquer. You conquer those things in order to get that degree. The same way it works in the physical, it works in the spirit. Between your children becoming that little baby and then becoming that matured adult that is responsible, that will take care of you later on and do the things that he he or she has been called to do in this generation, is a lot of contention. You contend, you contend. Life is about contending. But when you understand that there is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit called the spirit of might, you contend, but your contention is not going to be in the flesh. It's not going to be in your ability, but in the same grace that God supplies. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so it takes the spirit of might to battle through to everything that you need to possess. The scriptures tell us about Jesus. Of course, everything we read in Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 is a prophetic proclamation about Jesus Christ that the spirit of God was going to rest upon him in these ways. But the Bible makes us to understand that one of the ways when Jesus himself came to this world, he needed the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in different ways. And we read about him when Peter was speaking about him in Acts chapter 10 after preaching to Cornelius. The Bible says Peter said in Acts chapter 10 from verse 38 to verse 40. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? With the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. And then he went about doing. He went about doing. The power to do is what you and I must have. The Bible says, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for what? God was with him. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him, God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. The same one they killed, the spirit of power raised him and showed him openly. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we must keep looking unto Jesus We must keep taking our examples from Jesus. And so the Bible says concerning Jesus Christ, God so anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about and as he was going about, he was able to do the good. God has called him to do good, but he would not have been able to do good as son of man without the power and the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit manifesting through the Spirit of might. I want us to understand that if we are going to fulfill destiny in this life, if we are going to do the things that God has called us to do, if we are going to attain to the things that God has already spoken concerning us, we must find the place of the spirit of might manifesting in our lives. The Bible says, and we are witnesses to these things. It worked in Jesus' life, his death, and through his resurrection. The power helped him to go about doing good. The power helped him to lay down his life. No man can lay down his life the way Jesus Christ did without the spirit of might. When there was a sign of an absence of the spirit of might, we saw in Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass over me. But the moment he said, nevertheless, the word nevertheless, not my will, but your will, infused into him afresh the spirit of might. And he stood up from there. And not once again did we hear that he ever said anything that seemed as if he wasn't going on with it. I want us to understand that the place of the spirit of might is key. God told me recently, he said, anyone who gets tired in serving me has simply lost the place of the spirit of might. The spirit of might is what helps us to fulfill God's will. It's what helps us to do his will. When he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will, the spirit of might was invited and it took over. Don't forget, he he is the son of God, but he was also the son of man. He was living in flesh and blood like you and I. And so it is important we understand that we ought to learn from that. And the Bible assures us that that same spirit is available to walk in us. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. He said, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also do what? Give life to what? Your mortal bodies. Touch your skin. Make sure you are touching your skin. Either your hand or anywhere you can touch. Say, receive life now. By the Holy Spirit. My mortal body be quickened, receive life in the name of Jesus. You see, every time you say that to yourself, it kills every element of sickness, every element of weakness, every element of tiredness. It doesn't only have to do with sickness. Everything inside you is included in your mortal body. He can quicken your mind. He can quicken your ability to do certain work. Not that you are sick, but you just have so much to do and you need to plan yourself, and do so much at the same time, he can quicken your mind and your body in such a way that you respond to that pressure without feeling a breakdown. This is how he works. And so I pray that the manifestation of the spirit of might will come upon you afresh today in the mighty name of Jesus. The evidence that the spirit of might abounds in, is is abounding in several portions of scripture, several places. Several characters, many, many times when we talk about the spirit of might, many of us would always remember Samson, of a truth. Samson was a man who, of course, before he missed it, showed, in fact, right to the very point where he died, we saw him manifest the spirit of might. No doubt. So I don't want to talk too much about Samson today because it is, it is very common that we talk about Samson and uh, we all mostly know his story. We all know about Paul, who would say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Many times they left him for dead, but he will rise up again and continue the missionary journey. The spirit of might was at work in Paul so much he was never tired. Hallelujah. We all know that the the spirit of might work in several other people. The spirit of might works in different ways. Friends, it was the spirit of might that was at work in Daniel that made him so confident when they threw him in the lion's den. Something extraordinary gave him the peace of the inner man. It is an uncommon thing to be in the midst of hungry lions that are used to eating people before they come down. How do we know that they do that? When they threw the people who threw him in. The Bible says that before they reached the ground. Is that not what happened? The lions ate them. So the lions were very good at consuming people before they landed. So they were vicious looking animals. But a man with the spirit of might was thrown in their midst and he was still there conversing with the king and telling the king everything is fine. (laughs) Everything is all right. The spirit of might works from your inside to your outside. It takes control of your inner being, transforms it, infuses it with so much spiritual energy that everything that comes against you looks like child's play. You live from another world, even though you are in this world. This is the operation of the spirit of might that I want us to understand today. God helping us, time permitting, I want us to quickly look at the lives of two men in the scriptures. I want to look at the life of Caleb which we read in our Bible reading and briefly at the life of David. Before that Micah said something in Micah chapter 3 verse 8. He said, but truly I am full of power. Read it with me. But truly I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of justice and might to do what? To declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. God called him to declare transgression, and sin, but he needed the power of the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever God has called you to do in life, I want you to understand. Every one of us as children of God, we are called to evangelize. We are called to reach out. But we need the power of the Spirit of the Lord. We need it. This is why at times, if you don't have it, you will be intimidated by certain people that you are speaking with. Have you ever been on evangelism and you try to speak to somebody, and the first look they give you, Always, Almost will make you say, oh, I'm very sorry I called you. <laughs> I'm very sorry I even touched you. Because they are carrying all kinds of other spirits. But when you are full of this spirit of power, you, you maintain your calm. And you tell them, God bless you. God bless you. And at times as you continue to exude that spirit, something softens them and allows them to listen. You must understand that you must be full of the power of the spirit of the Lord. And of his justice and might. So that you can declare the things that God has called you to do. You may not be a person that preaches on a pulpit like this. It may not even have to do with evangelism. You need it in the line of work that you operate. So that you can continue to fulfill destiny as God has ordained for you. And the Lord will cause you to succeed. I say my God will cause you to succeed. In the name of Jesus. So when we look at the story of Caleb, Caleb was a great man. We know his story first from Numbers 14, one of those people, 13 and 14, one of the 12 spies that went to, the, to spy out the land as Moses commanded from every tribe, as God had commanded Moses. And uh, Caleb and Joshua were the only two that came back with a good report. Now, at this point in time, in Joshua chapter 14, verse, from verse 6 now, this point in time, Joshua was the commander. Moses had died. You know, we read this a few weeks ago. Moses had died, Joshua took over. So Joshua, even though he was a peer, as it were, to Caleb, Joshua was the commander. So Joshua was the spiritual head, as it were, of the, of the children of Israel at that point in time. And we can see that Caleb was giving him his due respect, even though they must have been about the same age or, or, or thereabouts. They must have been peers. And this is a very that was a very important lesson for me. To understand that on the, the place of understanding spiritual headship is so important. And Caleb was a man that demonstrated this to the very last point. The Bible says they came to the land, we read it before, so I will just paraphrase. They came to the land they were to be given and everything was to be divided. Verse 6, let's read together. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to them, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh-Barnea that is concerning you Joshua and me in Kadesh-Barnea verse 7 Now begin to read with understanding as much as you can verse 7 I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh-Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart verse 8 Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, don't stop reading, saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be to your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Moses promised him this 45 years ago. And he held on to that promise, and when they reached the place, the giants were still there, 45 years later. But he said, because your leg has trodden that place, as you take that place, you will possess it. It shall be to your inheritance and your children's forever. Verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. He said, These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. He was 40 when it was spoken and 45 years later when he was 85, here he was. Let's read verse 11 together. Everybody shout verse 11. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then... So now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. So I say both for offense and for defense. It was a total package of strength that he has. His mind was still intact. He remembered the date. The spiritual might of his mind was active. His energy was not abated. Those men were extraordinarily relying on the spirit of might. We read also about Moses after 120 years. The Bible says his eyes were not dim. Supernatural strength. Caleb said, as I am strong this day as on that day. And notice he wasn't saying sent us. Sent us. He was saying sent me. And he knows that Joshua himself was sent. But that was a personalization of the effect of the spirit of might. By a man who knew that he had the direct encounter. I pray that God will continue to expound these words in our heart. So that we can continue to take delivery of everything that God has for us. In the name of Jesus. Verse 12 says, now therefore, give me this mountain. Tell your neighbor for me, I'm possessing my mountain today. That mountain is a promise that God has given you in the word of God has given you a word last year, five years ago, ten years ago, or peradventure, even when you were born, and it was said to you that this was the prophecy that was made when you were born, and you are still waiting for it. All you are doing is, all you need to do now is to say, Lord, give me now this mountain. Give me now this mountain. Hallelujah. The Bible says, it says give me this mountain of which the Lord has spoken in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. And that the cities were great and fortified. He said, it may be that the Lord will be with me. He was just speaking in modesty. If he was not sure that God was going to be with him, he would not ask for the mountain. So don't say, because Caleb said, it may be. You too, when you are praying, you say, it may be. And you are talking from unbelief. That's, that's a different matter. A man who was convinced, he first asked for the mountain. He didn't go there and say, Joshua, I don't know, maybe God will do, maybe God will not do, maybe let us take the mountain. Was that his language? No, he said, give me the mountain. So he knew he will possess the mountain. When he said it may be, he's just saying that God in his sovereignty, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if he does not. It doesn't mean that they had doubt. It simply means they are saying, God who is sovereign, we still leave him to be sovereign. Am I making sense? So when you are speaking in faith, you speak in faith. You don't speak unbelief that sounds like faith. These were deep-seated words of faith. That's why in Hebrews 11, when they were talking about them in the hall of faith, as we call it, they were saying that by faith, these men subdued mountains. By faith, they subdued kingdoms. By faith, they killed giants. By faith, they possessed the land. Because they were all men of faith. If you want to manifest the spirit of might, you must be a man and a woman of faith. A man who is declaring Declaring as you want to see it. A man like David who said, I would bring down your head and he did it. I will feed your body to the birds of the air and he did it. Before he could see anything physical that represented it. If you want the spirit of might to be at work in you constantly, you must be declaring this. And the Bible says, and Joshua blessed him. Verse 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Don't forget what I said, he recognized spiritual authority. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men that made it after the 40 years in the wilderness. God said, go and read Numbers chapter 14 again. God said that all that generation, only the children would go through except Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. It is very important for us to understand that the place of faith and manifesting the spirit of might is always a place of preservation. It's always a language that we must have so that God continues to preserve us. From this Caleb's experience, we can truly be strengthened in all realms of life. I want to quickly share with you three, the three areas so that you can understand how it works very well. The first thing is strength in our spirit. Strength in our spirit. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. Paul prayed, he said, that he would do what? Grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Strengthened with might through his spirit in what? The inner man. That he would grant you, this is Ephesians 3.16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be what? Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. You see, your spirit man is your person. You have heard that many times. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. And he lives where? In a body. This is what makes us spirit, soul, and body. So the first thing that the devil would have wished he can have access to is your spirit man. But God in his infinite wisdom has always protected the spirit of man from the devil. Remember what happened to Job? When Job came and asked for him, he said, do anything you like with his body. Because this body, this flesh is is temporal. You can buffet it anyhow. As long as the spirit of man is strong and is connected to God, you have not killed the man. But when it is strong and vibrant, it also has the ability to pronounce life over the soul. Pronounce life even over the body. This is why when your spirit man is alive and your body is feeling weak and you have back pain or you have leg pain or something is happening to you, your spirit man can speak to your body and say, be quickened in the name of Jesus because your spirit man is alive. So Paul said, I am praying that God may strengthen you with might through his spirit in the inner man. The spirit of might will first walk on your inner man, your spirit man, to make you strong and established. It was Peter J. Daniels that said the, to, to try to break the spirit of man, that is the devil's work. The devil will do everything he can. He can pay any amount. He can do anything to try to get to your spirit. But he will not get to your spirit man. In the name of Jesus. So we need strength in the inner man. We also need strength in our mind. Our mind refers to our soulish realm. Where we have the willpower. Somebody say the willpower. Where we have the intellect. Somebody say the intellect. And then where we have emotions. Say emotions. So the spirit man is our real man. But our soul or our mind is our soulish realm. Where we have the will to do the Intelligence and everything about our emotions. We need strength in them. First Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 tells us a story, a little bit about the story of David. The Bible says, now David was greatly distressed. How many of us have read this before? Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of what? Stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters but David did what? Strengthen himself in the Lord his God. Somebody said the, the spirit of might. Strengthened his mind. Now, we read this portion of scripture very well, but we don't usually read it in context. We read it in the fact that this was the time, if those of us that will remember, when Ziklag, where David and his family, his two wives and children, and all his 600 men had their wives and children were living at that point in time. They were all living in Ziklag. Now, at this point, they left Ziklag to go and fight war in the south of the land of the Philistines that they were living. By the time they came back, the Amalekites had attacked their camp, taking away all their wives and children, and they burned down all their properties. When the people came back, they found This And the Bible says all of them, including David, lifted up their voices and they began to weep. Now, David also lost family. He also lost, I mean, they took away his family rather. He also lost possession like everybody else. He suffered the same thing that they all suffered. But you see, one of the things you must understand is that at times people will want to stone you for something that is not really your fault. But you must understand that it is the spirit of might that will work on your mind to keep you encouraged at those times. You may be in an office or in a setup whereby certain things happen, you are in a team. And somehow because you are indirectly responsible for that team, the thing may not be your fault. It might just be something that happened naturally. But the people may look at you and even want to hate you for it and if possible punish you for it. You need to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. But you see what I want you to learn about David is that... If you look at 1 Samuel chapter 30 and you think about Ziglag alone, you will not understand what was happening to David at this point. Please take time to go and study your scriptures. David was anointed to be king by Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Write it down. Say anointed king, 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 17, he defeated Goliath. We all know that. He became a toast of everybody in Israel. First Samuel chapter eighteen. Paul, began, Saul, rather, began to hate David because the people, especially the women. Thank God for women. Thank God for Mother's Day. Amen. The women began to sing. Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. From that day, David became Saul's enemy, without knowing it. With nothing that was of his fault. He didn't go to Saul himself and say, you see, I am a slayer of uh, 10,000. Tens of thousands and you, 1,000. He did not cause it. People caused it for him. But from 1 Samuel chapter 18, go and read it, to 1 Samuel chapter 26, David was under siege. He had to be fleeing from cave to cave, from mountain to mountain, helped by Jonathan, helped by other men, for his life to be preserved. Saul was meaning to kill him intentionally. Up to 1 Samuel chapter 26, we understand that this took a span of over 13 years because the anointing of David was when he was around about 17. And then a time came in 1 Samuel chapter 27, he had to flee to the Philistines. Say, 1 Samuel. Write it down. 1 Samuel 27. He went to the Philistines. I'm giving all these things so that you can understand that by the time you get to 1 Samuel 30, you will see why that you read that David encouraged himself in the Lord or strengthened himself in the Lord will make more meaning to you. This man was under constant persecution for years. Before that time, well over 10 years. Before that time, he was suffering, running from one place to the other. He could not, and he had the anointing of a king on him. It is frustrating to have a prophetic word to have an understanding that this is what you will become, and as long as you are trying to wait to become that thing, everything else around you was speaking negative, 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 to the point where now it got to the point where they took away your children, took away your wife, took away your proper, burned down your properties, like with the, with everybody. If it had happened to him alone, maybe he would have been okay, but with six hundred people with him, it was more of an emotional trauma. Why did I take time to go through all this? Our generation must find a place in understanding how to strengthen the inner man and the mind. How to receive strength in your mind and how to encourage yourself. Read the last sentence again. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. his God. We are a people who are always looking for people to strengthen us. The Bible says David strengthened himself. You will face battles. It's not a negative prophecy. It is a reality that life does not always dish out the goodies. There are times that life would intentionally dish out hard stuff. And God will allow you to face the hard stuff not because he hates you. But because you can also strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Stay strong. Be like David who refused to just cry and leave it at that. Some things will make you cry. Men don't cry. You hardly see men cry. It's just because you don't know where they cry. (laughs) You've heard that many times. They say, men don't cry. I don't know why. My husband is not even crying. All these things that happen. The man, let me tell you a secret. He (laughs) cried somewhere. (laughs) You only did not see it. Because he will not let you see that. He went somewhere and you went, Oh, God. (laughs) This is too much for me, Lord, help me. Then when he comes out, he says, is everybody okay? <laughs> because if he cries like that in front of you, all of you we just, he will finish. So he will separate himself, go somewhere, and take a drive. People will think he's just driving around time. He's crying. <laughs> when the battles of life is fierce, men cry. 601 men cry including David, they wept bitterly until they had no more strength to weep. But one man, if you read it to the end, we just don't have time. If you continue reading, the Bible says he said at a point, he said give me the effort. Enough of this crying. Give me God. And he began to inquire. Should I pursue? God say pursue. That's what I want to hear from you. Pursue. Hallelujah. May the Lord grant you strength to know how to strengthen yourself in the lord your god in the name of jesus second timothy chapter 1 verse 7 the bible says for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind hallelujah say i have power i have love i have a sound mind the sound mind there means that you have a mind that has the capacity To detach itself from problems and depend on God. The soundness of mind means that your mind does not, your emotions don't follow the problem. Your emotions turn around and they sing praises to God. Your emotions turn around, become independent and reverence God. That is what the soundness of mind does. It's not just about being sound to be academically sound, that is part of it. But it means that you have total control. You can release power. You can release love. What does that mean? It means that you are not afraid to love even when people are hating on you. Because without this, you cannot fulfill destiny, especially as it has to do with serving in ministry or just simply being a Christian. May the Lord continue to grant us understanding. You have nothing to fear. Tell your neighbor for me you have nothing to fear. God has given you the spirit of power, the spirit of love and of a sound mind and it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. Finally, you need strength in your body. Your mortal body needs to be strong. You see, I'm able to stand in front of you now by the special grace and mercies of God because my body is strong. No matter how much the spirit is willing, no matter how much the soul is pumped up, The Bible says if the flesh is weak, there is nothing it can do. Jesus said to those guys, he said, pray with me one hour. He went back. Before he got back to the mountain, they were already sleeping. He said, "Ah, I can see. The spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. You will not have a weak flesh. In the name of Jesus. You need your body to be strong. So that every time that you are needing to rise up and do things, to rise up and pray, rise up and read, whether the Bible or what you need to read, to be prompt, to go for an interview, to be sharp, to be alarmed, for your body to be strong, you need it. You cannot do it if you are just using alarm clock. Alarm clock will be waking you, you will throw it away because (laughs) the body is very weak. (laughs) But as the alarm clock is going, the spirit of mind will say, rise up. Rise up. When you rise, God does something new. From today, a fresh baptism of this spirit upon you. In the name of Jesus. You will take new grounds and you will take new territories. In the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 is my final scripture today. He and he said to me, my grace is what? Sufficient for you. For my strength is made what? Perfect in weakness. You can write down Judges chapter 14 verse 19 for the strength in your body or the strength in the in the flesh. Judges 14:19, but then he said, "My grace." Second Corinthians 12:9 says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may do what may rest in me." God's grace will remain sufficient for you. In the name of Jesus. He said, boasting your infirmities doesn't mean that you should be celebrating your infirmities. It simply means surrender your infirmities to him. Recognize your weaknesses. Recognize your limitations. Surrender them to God. As you let God know that you are weak in certain areas, he gives you strength. The reason why we are, trying, we are, we are not getting the strength we need is because we go to God as if we have it all figured out. When we go to the Lord and we let him know that, Lord, I need your help in this area, he helps you. I say he will help you in the name of Jesus. You want to write an exam and you know that you are really reading about it and it's not going anywhere. Nothing is saying. Go to God and say, Lord, I need help in this area. I need you to open my mind to understand this. And whatever God leads you to do to, to access resources, to prepare yourself, go and do it. And watch God help you in the name of Jesus. I want you to rise to your feet with me today.